You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 107.7 The Franchise Podcast Network. 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on this late Friday evening. I'm Brady Trantham along with Mr. Chisholm Holland, the, the legend that is Chisholm Holland. Um, I know everybody is very, very excited after that <laughs> incredible Thunder performance where the uh, Thunder just, they didn't want to rebound, they couldn't shoot free throws, they missed layup after layup to either tie tie the game, take the lead, they just squandered so many opportunities, Chisholm, uh, they ended up losing, what, 109-98, to 98. it ended really poorly because Russell Westbrook gets upset with Jamal Murray, double technicals it's just a bad inning to an otherwise entertaining and fun game it was a fun game despite the thunder just not rebounding not boxing out not hitting their free throws but i mean what is it jism i mean what's your initial take from this i mean now the thunder have lost three of their last four games yeah uh, i mean thunder obviously has some things to try to get figured out but you and i talked about it a little bit it, it was an interesting game because obviously denver was hitting a lot of threes early in the ball game and the offense looked fluid but then they started either hitting a shot or getting a turnover. Hitting a shot or getting a turnover. And the Thunder were basically just chipping away, playing a slow, grinded-out kind of a play, and the Denver was doing the opposite. It was either feast or famine. And so it was interesting to watch that league kind of grow and shrink back and forth over and over, and Thunder would pull within a few points, but then couldn't capitalize. But then Denver could never capitalize on making the lead big enough the Thunder couldn't come back from it. So it was, it was this yo-yo of a game, and it was a whole lot of fun to watch. And obviously it came down, emotions got hot. Russell Westbrook kind of blew his top a little bit there with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Uh, you know, things like that happen. That doesn't bother me too much uh, off the jump. But it was a frustrating game for the Thunder because it's another game where we're going to look and say, okay, they shot 19 three-pointers, which is a lot better than the 40 they shot last game. <laughs> but even when they shoot 37%, they couldn't find a way for their offense to be effective enough because they shot 41% overall from the field. They were missing layups and easy putbacks, just not finding their way inside the rim. So even on a night when they shoot well from the three-point line, they don't shoot well overall, which I'm sure is just frustrating for a Thunder fan. Yeah, I thought the Thunder played incredibly passive tonight. And it's odd because in the first quarter... The only thing keeping the Thunder from getting run out of the gym was Steven Adams just right. getting just owning the paint, getting buckets. He had 17 points in the first quarter. <laughs> finished with 17 points in the first half. You and I kind of laughed about that during the game. Uh, overall, Steven Adams finishes with 26 points, 14 rebounds, 11 offensive boards. But again, uh, Steven Adams' physicality, like Jokic had no answer for that. And the Thunder just couldn't match that intensity and that physicality. They couldn't take advantage of that. And I mean, like the Nuggets go seven to seven from the three point line in the first quarter. They ended up seven of eight. And it, it was just like the Nuggets just, they could not blow the game open. They just couldn't hit that last, that final shot to really blow the game open right. and end the Thunder's chances. And when the Thunder had their opportunities, other than just those missed, you know, missed layups and missed shots, I thought that that. I thought that that one possession with about two minutes left where Paul George tries to find Grant in the corner, I thought that was a. I, I didn't like that decision. Just the the way that Paul George was playing, uh, I, I say take your chances, get to the rim, get fouled. You're the only guy hitting free throws. But um, I mean, Denver certainly won this game. Oklahoma City had no business winning it. But it's 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 odd because all of a sudden the third best rebounding team in the league cannot rebound. I I mean, the Thunder end up with 43 rebounds. 
They only have 24 defensive rebounds. They give up 12 offensive boards to the Nuggets, and right. it seemed like every single offensive rebound just was a backbreaker. And I know they probably saw my tweet about it, because about <laughs> midway through the fourth quarter, uh, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, and Terrence Ferguson, three of the five Thunder starters combined for two rebounds. 23, 23 rebounds were shared between Russell Westbrook and uh, Steven Adams, and that, that was the game. You could have still struggled from the free throw line. You could have still struggled from shooting, just shooting straight from the floor. If the Thunder just rebound in this game, I feel like there's, the result is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, definitely a turning point, uh, a factor as far as rebounding goes, because that's just not characteristic uh, for this Thunder team. Now, taking into consideration, Denver is a funky rebounding team where they start what most people would consider two centers. In uh, Plumley and Nikola Jokic, they start both of those guys in their starting lineup. And they bring a guy like Trey Lyles off the bench, who is built similar to Jeremy Grant, but he mm. rebounds extremely well. And, and they just had trouble all night keeping those guys off the glass. And some of the problem was, too, is it felt like everyone was collapsing into the lane. And so then when Denver's shooting jump shots, those long rebounds are going back out to the guards. Um, it, it just seemed like it never was quite bouncing right for the Thunder, being able to pull in some boards. So, I mean, extra possessions are always a killer if you're a, if you're a uh, an, an, an NBA team. But 13 turnovers total for the Thunder, not a bad number. They forced Denver into 20 turnovers. There's a lot of numbers in the box score that represent, man, the Thunder should have been a lot closer in this game than it felt the entire time. There's a lot of statistics that say the Thunder played well, but just the eye test, it just was not there. Yeah, it's just a stark contrast from the other night in New Orleans where the Thunder also had trouble rebounding. But you know, New Orleans only took, what, 11 or 12 three-pointers that, that night, and they weren't taking that many jumpers, so there weren't that many opportunities for long rebounds. So it's like Billy Donovan and the Thunder kind of met together you know, the day or yesterday and said, you need to crash the paint when the shot goes right. up. And it worked against them tonight because Denver is just not the same team as New Orleans. So that's going to make sense. But I mean, we need to go back to, we need to go back to that Detroit game on that Monday night where the Thunder look incredible. Probably their best game that they played, you know, both sides of the floor. And ever since then, they've been a completely different team because you take away an incredible Paul George performance in Brooklyn. This team has lost what now? That'd be four games of their last five because they dropped Chicago. They, they won uh, Utah at home. Yeah, they they that's their only one in the last three games. They're yeah. just they're playing completely different. And Utah was on the second night of a back to back and clearly looked like it. Right. You know, sometimes you can kind of get away with it, have that little extra energy. Utah certainly looked like a team that was on the second night of a back to back. But I mean, I think tonight's player of the game. Which do you want to get that fired up? Let's get that fired up. I think it's pretty easy tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. Well, we kind of just talked about it in the first quarter. I mean, it's it's either going to be Stephen Adams or Paul George. Paul George has 32 points, five rebounds, but his lack of rebounding I, really keeps it really keeps the Player of the Game title away from me, for in my opinion. I mean, Stephen was the best player on the floor for the Thunder throughout most of the game, and it was just another example of the Thunder forgetting that he's out there offensively yeah uh you know steven adams starts off the game so hot 
but he plays great defense all night against Jokic um, and also does an incredible job of making sure that he's facilitating offense for himself, which he just does not do a whole lot. Now, the second quarter, he just vanishes. The fourth quarter, he just vanishes. Uh, but whenever he was given those opportunities, he capitalized uh, on every level. Definitely a, a, one of the better Steven Adams games we've seen in a long time, but we talked about 17 points in the first quarter. He could have easily gotten to 30-plus. If he just continues the offensive strategy that they were doing in Plumlee, Jokic, Lyles, none of those guys on the inside were going to slow him down. But they got away from it like they always do. And I made a joke. He's basically just the Serge Ibaka from three years ago. Exactly. Serge is going to get 60-70% to of his points in the first quarter and then just not get touches down the stretch. It's, it's the same thing the Thunder have been doing forever. Yeah, and we had this conversation during the game, and it makes sense. Like I don't want to get too, far, too much back into the past, but it makes sense for a player like Serge Ibaka to basically the offense goes through him in the first quarter you got to set him up to make the keep the defense honest to get him engaged because Serge Ibaka was an energy player and his offense was predicated on the 18-foot jumper Stephen Adams is a legitimate third offensive option on this team you can just give him the ball and expect good things to happen more times than not and it's especially with a team like the Thunder who can't shoot they can't shoot free throws if you're having like a if you're going through like a few sequences where you're struggling to put the ball in the hole, just give it to Steven. Right. And <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take for this team. I mean, a lot of people are going to keep pointing fingers at Russell Westbrook just struggling from the um, shooting from the floor. I mean, tonight, uh, five of fifteen is is basically playing like sneaky good analytical basketball because he's not jacking up twenty shots. He only took three three pointers tonight, hit one of them. And it was by far his worst three-point attempt. It was towards the end of the game. <laughs> but I don't really think Russell is taking less shots because he's trying to play analytically sound. I think he's taking less shots because he's just not feeling it. He, yeah. lo- he does not look like the same player. No, he doesn't. Um, so I mean, a couple different things. Some people think he's hurt. Totally viable. Uh, obviously, there's no proof of that other than just speculation. Uh, that's not entirely what I think. I think there is an element of he's trying to change his game, and people have been harping on it forever, and Billy Donovan has been saying that they need to be more efficient, which means long twos are kind of out of it. And that's that's always been such a big part of what Russell does offensively is those pull-up jump shots from about the free throw line. He's just he's taking those completely out. He just does not shoot them anymore. Uh, and I think that's smart as far as if you're just going to go by the numbers, but that's affecting his rhythm, in my opinion. So now he just has no feel for it. Like that's just such an easy thing for him to pull up and shoot the first three or four times down the floor, get into the groove of the game, and be able to finish. Now all of a sudden, his offense just feels clunky from the jump. Like it just feels, it just feels totally unnatural from the layups to the three pointers and everything. And I think it's just, it's just eroded his confidence. It's almost we were talking about this as well. It's almost like the free throw thing. Like they changed the rule where he wasn't allowed to walk outside the three point line. Suddenly his his free throw percentage just plummets. Now, is that why he's shooting 60% this year? Probably not, but that's where it started. And I think yeah. this part of the problem with his with his shot this year is he, it started with him basically saying, I'm going to shoot layups or three-pointers because that's what I'm supposed to do. And he just has never gotten out of the funk of that. He's just been stuck in it. And I, I just think that's a part of it because he's just not the same guy, to your point. And it would be different if he was shooting the same shots and just missing. Then maybe I could get behind, oh, yeah, he's probably hurt. But his game is just totally different. Just what he's looking to get is just a different game. Yeah, and I think I think conditioning is playing a part in it as well because he didn't get a pre- he didn't have a preseason. 
He missed the first two games. He plays six or seven games, rolls that ankle in that first game against the Pelicans, then is out for seven games, and then he's back. So I, I don't think Russell is in in usual Russell Westbrook NBA conditioning shape. Um, that could be a factor, but I mean, to, to what you were talking about, it's just so odd and it is clunky, and it's really hard to watch at times because in theory, he should not be struggling with what he's doing because Paul George is playing spectacular basketball, and there's not a Carmelo Anthony on the team where you have to th- decide, okay, I need to give get him his. There's, It's just you, it's just Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Right. And I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, the, the easy answer is just a few more weeks, and you kind of give him, like, well, let's let him get his legs back under him. We'll see what goes from there. But if this continues, I, I don't know because... We all know this team is a great defensive team, but you can only win so many games in this league, especially in the Western Conference, by just defending. Yeah, I. As far as fixing Russell Westbrook, I, I haven't said this yet, but I really think there's gonna it's gonna come out that hey, Russell's gonna sit and he's gonna sit for two weeks. Like it's just there's something wrong, and whether it's physically or mentally or whatever, it's we or okay, Russell's gonna sit for two weeks. This is the reason, quote unquote. And we're just going to try to get it figured out, and then he's going to come back fresh, and then really try to get this thing going. Because if it's a if he's hurt, you know they need to get it right. If it's not that he's hurt and he's just out of rhythm, remove him from the team for a little bit, and then insert him when he's totally fresh, he's rejuvenated, and then let him try to be the old Russell Westbrook. We see that happen every so often with guys in the NBA when they kind of go through a slump. They'll give him two, three games off to kind of get their bearings a little bit and then jump back into it. I think that's coming if things don't if things don't progress or get better. 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. You are listening to the First Take Thunder postgame show. Uh, but let's... I, we can do the kick-ass possession of the game, but we kind of joked, you know, sporadically throughout the game. <laughs> there, there was no kick-ass possession. There was not. I mean, the coolest possessions, the most sound possessions, were basically just dumping the ball off to Steven Adams. So if you want to just pick some random where possession where Russell takes the ball up the floor dumps it off to Adams then then sweet otherwise it was that Paul George making some shots I mean the Thunder's offense was just it wasn't pretty it wasn't consistent and the guys where the guys that are responsible for making possessions pretty so you guys like Jeremy Grant or Alex Brinus they're going to stand in the corner and and be the players that are resulting on driving kicks they weren't hitting their shots I don't even think did Brinus even take a shot uh he did he took one three? Now that you said that, I remembered it. He, oh yeah, he he missed his only three pointer, which was a good look. He continues his lack of shooting, which is what he's supposed to be doing. That's a whole other story, <laughs> <laughs> right? But I mean, yeah, just look at the box score. That's really all you got to look at. I mean, the, the shooting splits for the Thunder: forty-one percent uh, from the field, thirty-six percent from the three-point line, and God, fifty-eight percent from the foul. Can I uh, tell you what my kick-ass play of the game is? Go ahead. Steven Adams getting into it with a fan in the front row and then almost <laughs> getting that fan ejected. Yeah, that uh, that, uh, that tool bag with the sh- the medium. The medium long-sleeve shirt. With the, the jersey. Yeah, and the the clearly bleached blonde hair. Like, <laughs> that guy. That guy. Steven almost got him thrown out. That's my kick-ass play. Dude game. looked like he was from 2001. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Denver. It's, it's a little different up there. They're it, really high. It is. They're really high up in the sky. 
Yeah, yeah. That, well, Nick Young will attest to that. Once again, this is 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. You are listening to the Thunder First Take postgame show. I'm Brady Trantham. With me is Chisholm Holland. And when we get back, we are going to take you around the NBA, check out some other scores, and further break down this disastrous end where the Thunder dropped 109-98 to in Denver. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham here on the Thunder First Take postgame show. Uh, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder fall 98-109 to to the Denver Nuggets, but that is not the only NBA games that are going on right now. Uh, we also have an NBA scoreboard. Let's go around the association for a franchise NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Family Leisure, off Northwest Expressway, and by SunTech. All right. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks go on the road to the Boston Celtics tonight and a fall 129-108. Boston gets the win on their home floor. Kyrie Irving, 24 points, uh, 5 rebounds, 5 assists in the ballgame. Uh, the New York Knicks travel to Charlotte and get the victory 126 to 124 in overtime. Emmanuel Moutier, monster performance, 34 points. The Emmanuel Moutier. Three rebounds. Hey, that's Mr. Emmanuel Moutier to you. <laughs> and eight assists. Uh, Washington Wizards, who we will be talking about a little bit here in a few minutes, uh, travel to Brooklyn and fall 118 to 125. Spencer Dinwiddie off his fresh new contract, leading the way for the Nets with 27 points and six assists. Milwaukee Bucks go on the road and get the victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers, 114-102. Giannis, 44 points and 14 rebounds, 8 assists, uh, making a pretty strong uh, case for his MVP campaign. Uh, The Indiana Pacers go on the road to Philadelphia and get the victory, 113-101. Thaddeus Young, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists in the victory. Joel Embiid, monster game in the loss, 40 points, 21 rebounds. Miami Heat go on the road to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and get the victory 197. Uh, Memphis cooling off a little bit after their hot start. Mike Conley had 22 points in the loss. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, who is uh, buried on the bench for a large portion of the season so far, leading the way for the Heat with 18 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, and finally, last two games uh, outside of the Thunder Nuggets. Raptors on the road at Portland. Portland gets the win, 128-122 at home. Kawhi Leonard obviously leading the way for the Raptors. 28 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Damian Lillard, 24 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists in this one. Uh, Kyle Lowry did not play in this game for the Raptors. And finally, the one that breaks my heart the most. Golden State, 130. Sacramento Kings at home, 125. Golden State gets the win after trailing by 11 with 2 minutes left in this ballgame. They get the win in regulation by five points. It's a 16-point swing in two minutes. Buddy! Uh, Steph Curry led the way for the Warriors. 35 points, seven rebounds, six assists. And De'Aaron Fox. I got all the De'Aaron Fox stock. Foxy lady. I bought all the stock last summer when it was on sale. Uh, 25 points, six rebounds, and nine assists for the second year point guard out of Kentucky. He's all right. He's all right. There's your uh, NBA scoreboard. Speaking of the NBA-ism... (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness let's, gracious. Let's uh let's let's join hands and laugh at the trade that wasn't. I I have never heard, seen, or dreamt that this could ever happen in a professional sports league. If you are not aware, the Phoenix Suns and the Washington Wizards and the Memphis Grizzlies, they they all came together and decided, hey, let's make a trade. And the guy the other teams were like, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. 
Now, Phoenix and Memphis apparently didn't talk to each other. They used the Wizards as the conduit to basically make everything official, put the names on on the trade ballots, and then make it happen. So, according to um, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and this happened right around tip-off of the Thunder game, so around 9 o'clock Oklahoma time, as part of a three-team deal nearing completion, Trevor Reza to the Wizards, Kelly Oubre to the Memphis Grizzlies, and Austin Rivers and two Grizzlies role players to the Suns. Now, keep in mind those two Grizzlies role players, because that's going to be important later. Right. Then a few minutes later, Woj comes out and says the uh, two role players from Memphis are going to be Wayne Selden and Dylan Brooks heading to the Suns. Actually, it's Marshawn Brooks on his way to the Suns, not Dylan. And the deal is suddenly in peril. Memphis and Phoenix didn't communicate directly on the trade, using Washington as a conduit and coordinating the three-team deal, sources tell Zach Lowe. Um, Grizzlies believe they were trading Marshawn, but somehow Suns believed it was Dylan Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) And the deal died. Oh, my God. Absolutely incredible. It was mayhem. How does this happen? Well, How are you a professional? Uh, <laughs> how do you have a job? <laughs> I have I have no idea how three professional sports sport franchises all make this mistake in one night. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of repercussions here. But the real story for me is apparently the teams didn't catch it until the beat writers did. Until Woj tweeted out Marshawn Brooks or uh, tweeted out Dylan Brooks and then was corrected to Marshawn, and then both teams went, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm. That's when they caught it. Not when not at any point before that, not they caught it and then told Woj. Because of Woj, they figured out there was a massive mistake. That is <laughs> hilarious. I don't want to speak for every beat writer because I'm I'm nowhere near like the level of like Brett Dawson, Royce Young, those guys. Those guys are incredible, but real close. All all, all of our listeners that that make fun of beat writers or uh media media folk in the in the sports biz Hey, they did their job tonight. They did. They, they asked the questions. They're like, "Wait, which Brooks? Which Brooks are we talking about here?" And like, I can only imagine how stressful of a time that was. For, like, if that happens to the, if that happens during a Thunder game, you have to pay attention to the game and then also start writing your articles and your notes about what's going on. And so they're basically trying to decide, well, which Brooks do we need to put out on all of our articles? And then it just becomes clear that none of the teams know what's going on. Right. There was no communication, and the trade died a fiery painful death <laughs> very publicly and, yeah and, and it was very public it was it was like i mean i i what what can we what can we compare this to what what tragic events have we seen on tv that we're not gonna we're not gonna bring up anything where anybody died right i i have no idea but like it's just hilarious from start to finish and if you're washington who is at fault here, but also kind of just like an exterior factor because obviously they didn't have Dylan Brooks and they weren't getting Dylan Brooks or Marshawn Brooks. So that that doesn't necessarily affect them. But they told Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre that they were being traded. John Wall was so upset by it that he didn't do a media availability. Bradley Beal said roughly along the lines of, things are getting crazy here. This isn't a good (laughs) locker room anymore. Oh, really? And then everyone's coming back. Like you, you, the trade for Washington was really kind of blowing thing, not blowing things up, like trying to lose games. But you're, you're, I mean, you're hurting your locker room because obviously people liked Kelly Oubre there. They like Kelly Oubre. They like Austin Rivers. Surprisingly. They do, and and then you, 
you tell these guys, you make them emotionally respond to it, you have these guys go through all this, I'm going to have to move, in an Austin Rivers case, move my entire family. No, just kidding. That's not real. You're all staying here. Everyone's still here. Kumbaya. I believe in everyone in this locker room. I, that, is so, that is so funny. Like, that is so funny on so many levels. I, I just, I can't, I couldn't believe what we were seeing, like, unfold on Twitter. And everybody on social media had the memes fired up. They had, like, all the pictures, all the jokes. It was, it was hard to pay attention to what we were, what was a really entertaining and fun game with, between the Thunder and the Nuggets. Once again, the Thunder lose. I'm sure everybody's excited. But again, like, this, this was just a complete and utter embarrassment. I, I and it's just a simple mis- miscommunication. And like I tweeted out during the game, the NBA is going to have to implement some like Sullivan Brothers policy where you can't have players with the same last name on the same roster. Can't, it's, can't it's, confuse can't, people. Can't do that. And <laughs> it, it's it's way too complicated if you do that. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were getting LeBron James, not James Johnson. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. I'm yes. out of a job. Semantics. Semantics. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, so while that was, of course, going on, the Thunder were playing, um, I guess we can try and do, well, who dat dunk that. I mean, we can we can do it. I haven't heard your Cajun accent yet. You and I haven't done a post-game show since this has existed. I don't have a Cajun accent. You're supposed to do this in a Cajun accent. Really? Oh, hey there! Who dat dunk that? <laughs> who dat dunk that right who there? Who dat dunk that right there? Where are you from you don't know Gator, boy? I do declare. <laughs> All, all me and Aaron do is we just do the episode of The Office where they're doing the murder mystery party. We just <laughs> you are that. out of order, sir. <laughs> that's, that's all we do the whole time is we just do that accent. Now, um, you, you actually were a little bit salty with this pick during the game. It was the uh, – actually, I put the mark down because it was the only time that I was like, oh, there's no there's no possession. There hasn't, hasn't been a possession yet. There's probably not going to be one. Oh, there's finally a dunk. I think there were only two dunks in this game by the Thunder. Diallo didn't do anything. No. Adams did most of his damage from hook shots and put back layups. No fast break dunks from no Russell. Fa- no fast break dunks from Russell. Who d- he doesn't like to dunk on the fast break on the road for some reason. Um, but at the 7.02 mark of the third quarter, Jeremy Grant runs to the rim, gets his shot blocked, according to the officials, by Nikola, Nikola Jokic, uh, a name that Steven Adams didn't know until this morning. <laughs> and... Uh, Grant um, just rebounds his own block shot really quickly, settles his feet, and then dunks the crap out of it, and it gets the Thunder back down within three, 64 to 61 at the time. Uh, you thought it was either a foul or a travel. I did, and I stand by that. I watched I watched the replay. It's a foul or a travel. It's got to be one or the other. He took too many steps, and he got hit. Yeah, in a game where the 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 Nuggets, I almost called them the Broncos. <laughs> One of those the Denver days. Broncos. The, 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 Rock, really the Rockies loss. were just fouling and fouling and fouling. They they didn't call that foul. They did not. It should have been a foul, but it was just one of those, I guess it was one of those plays that were just like, ah, oh, screw it, this game. Yeah, this, this is one of those, like, you know, people complain about referees. This game was so hard to keep up with. The pace was amazing. Every time I try to write down a note on my computer screen, I'd look up and the Thunder have either given it to Adams to try and score or they've missed the shot and now Denver has the ball. Oh, there goes a three. Right. Right, and it, I I thought, you know, officiating bad, good, or indifferent is fine, long as it's consistent. I thought this officiating night was super inconsistent. It was all over the place. So they were calling it really tight in stretches. They were letting people just mug each other in stretches. It was just I I don't like officiating like that. I think that makes it hard for players to play. Uh, but definitely something to uh, consider there. Who that dunked at? 
Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Brought to you uh, by whatever local business wants to sponsor us. Um, I will Cajun do it, restaurants. I will do an accent every single time if we get a sponsor. The whole time. I would. I'd listen. I'd be way more committed to the accent. Well, you're committed. You do a good job, Chisholm. Thank you. I appreciate that. 107.7 the franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. The Thunder dropped this one in Denver, 109-98. to 98. It was just a very, very bad ending to a fun game. Um, when we get back, <laughs> hey, if you, if you guys are all out there and are bored, you're sitting by your cell phone, your smartphone, your landline phone, or whatever, just give us a call, and you can scream as much as you want at us about how the Thunder can't shoot, or they need to go stand in the gym for three hours and shoot free throws. Shoot your free throws. A hundred before you leave the gym. I'm telling you, they do. They do the high school thing where they all get, they get somebody, they, everybody gets up on the line, they get someone to shoot free throws, and if they miss it, they run. I'm here to tell you, if you're in the NBA, you are not going to become a better free throw shooter if you're a bad one. Yeah, probably you a little cannot, past that point. You cannot simulate game situations in practice when no one's watching. Yeah. You just can't do it. But yeah, when we get back, we'll break down this game. We'll probably delve into some... We'll probably talk about that Sacramento-Golden State game, because everybody likes Buddy Heald. Who Absolutely. doesn't? Yeah. Local. Local hero, the local, Heald. The local hero, Buddy Heald. Buddy Love. <laughs> 107 points on the franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Who doesn't like Scar Tissue by Red Hot Chili Peppers? It's a great one. It is a good one. It's, uh, I feel like I have a little scar tissue after watching that game. Well, I mean that that whole sequence with Russell at the end that was, Im- you got to be better than that. Yeah. No one wants to lose. I hate losing. I'm sure you hate losing, Chisholm. You're a Philadelphia. Uh, you're an Eagles fan. I am. Uh, I am. Sadly, this year that's I, not helping my case a whole lot. No, it's okay. I'm a Dolphins fan. That is so much worse. Hey, did you see that that Patriots game? Yeah. Oh yeah. Heck of a hail mary. Good job in your seven and six season. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. I, I worked really it's hard. Better for than it. the Eagles. Um, we do need to talk about. A particular sequence in this game that I thought was incredibly backbreaking for the Thunder. Um, let me pull it up real quick. I actually had it written down because I did my job. I took notes. Good job. Good job, Brady. So let's take you back to the third quarter, 813 mark. Terrence Ferguson uh, is running to the rim. Russell Westbrook tries to throw the full court pass. It was a perfect pass. Uh, Jamal Murray just kind of, it was incidental contact, trips and falls onto Terrence Ferguson. The officials correctly call clear path foul. So the Thunder have two free throws and possession down three. Terrence Ferguson misses both free throws, his only free throws of the game. He was also 0 for 1 from his only uh, shot, which was a three-point attempt. He misses both free throws. And then on the ensuing possession, Paul George misses his layup, and the Thunder, that was the biggest opportunity the Thunder had. They could have taken the lead. They were The way that they were running that third quarter, up until that point, they were really keeping the Nuggets at bay, and... I mean, of course, the Thunder had more opportunities after this, but I, I really felt like that that was, that I mean, that's why I wrote it down was like, uh, I don't, I don't see them winning this game after that now. Yeah, it was a tough pill to swallow for sure. The Nuggets were stuck at sixty, for what felt like an eternity. Yeah, they didn't score their first bucket until about four, four and a half minutes into the quarter, I, I, if I remember correctly. Right. So I mean, they're just stuck on this number, and 
That's exactly what you need to do if you're a team that's playing from behind, obviously, is get stops. But half of the battle is you also have to be able to score. And they were just scoring like on every fourth or fifth possession. It was just really inconsistent. So on one hand, I mean, that just sums up this Thunder team is they're really good defensively. And they're really good tonight. Um, they had great stretches defensively. They can hold teams to really low numbers. I mean, 104 as a, or 109 is a final score in the NBA today. That's a really low Especially number. Especially when they nearly dropped 40 in the first quarter and look and look scorching hot right. for the entire first half. Yeah, I mean, so they're, they're having an out-of-body experience in the first quarter, which allows them to get to that 40 mark. And then they only score 109. I mean, the Warriors scored 135 tonight in regulation. The Knicks scored 128 yeah. in regulation. Like, the 109 is a great number defensively. 98 offensively is just horrendous. I mean, great defense in basketball is not the same thing as great def- defense in football. You're not going to pitch shutouts in right. basketball. I mean, obviously, but you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not in 2018 NBA, you're not going to hold teams consistently under 100 points. You right. just can't do it. And in all the games the Thunder have lost this year, they haven't, they haven't really been run out of the, they haven't really been run out the gym yet. I can't think of one. I was trying yeah. to think of one. I can't think of one. Now, both those Sacramento games had the potential to be, but because the Thunder are such a great defensive team, they will always put themselves more times than like nine, nine, nine games out of ten, they're going to put themselves in position to have a chance to win a game that they are otherwise being dominated in. Any of those Sacramento games, um, that Boston game in Oklahoma City where the Thunder had control in the first half but then give up 42 points in the third quarter, and it looked like the, the Celtics were just going to run away with it, but the Thunder's defense keeps puts them back into position, and they ultimately don't win it. They're always going to be in position to win games with this defense. It's just the problem is they just can't score. And one of the reasons why they couldn't score tonight was the bench just really didn't show up, and it was highlighted by one of the worst Dennis Schroeder games that he's played with since coming to the Thunder this season. He didn't look comfortable, frankly looked tired, because I don't know how many teardrop shots he missed how many just um running jumpers he missed and they were all short i don't know if it was the altitude in denver i don't know if he had a good night with michelle obama the night before <laughs> apparently russell westbrook hangs out with michelle obama today uh in thunderland news um i just don't know what it is and you know you, we, you and i were just talking about it during the break about how all season we've pumped up the thunder bench and deservingly so they've been one of the better benches in the league but it is kind of telling that if Dennis Schroeder's not going to have a good game, then the Thunder bench is probably going to follow suit. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, I mean, he's obviously the gauge for how good the bench is, but these past few weeks, and everyone's saying it, so I mean, just beat a dead horse here a little bit. Alex Branis has been horrible. Patrick Patterson has been bad. Nerlens Noel, non-existent. And he was a guy who was just getting trash buckets like Steven Adams does. Early in the season, just getting six or you know six to eight points, basically just getting offensive rebounds and putbacks and lobs, and now I mean he just hasn't been there. And Patrick Patterson obviously is in a horrible shooting slump, and Alex Abrines is in a worse one. It just doesn't look good for this bench when those three guys, because obviously they play about a ten man rotation. When those three guys aren't playing well at all just at all at all it's gonna be really hard for this team to consistently win and be able to play well and a large part of that is because of this bench and they played really well for about 15 games and since then it's been a steady decline now this is as bad as any bench we had last year now they have way more potential 
than the Thunder did last year as far as a bench goes. But they are playing as poorly as we saw any bench that the Thunder had last year. It's it's just inconsistent. It's not helping their offense at all. They just have to get shooting out of especially Patrick Patterson and Alex Abrines. Those guys have to be able to hit shots. Yeah, and, and again... These are things that you are going to see every single team in the association go through. You're going to see teams, no matter how good they are, they're going to go through stretches like this where they lose three of their last four games and and play pretty much uncharacteristic basketball as to what they had been playing prior to. I mean, the Warriors have gone through a slump like that already this year. The Rockets are a shell of their former selves from last year. And, you know, on the flip side, you're going to see bad teams like the Chicago Bulls just light it up from beyond the arc against one of the better three-point shooting defensive teams in the league in the Thunder and win. It's it's an 82 game grind. It's not football. It's 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 so much it's so much easier to predict football. It's so much harder to predict basketball when it's an 82 game grind right. and you have no idea like energy levels, conditioning levels, injuries, uh just there's just so many there's so many more factors that kind of go into it during the regular season with basketball, but I mean, I don't know. I don't want to completely bury the Thunder because I think it's. I simply think it's just one of those stretches, and yeah. at some point they're going to get, get themselves out of it. And I think Russell Westbrook is going to return to the level of player that we know him to be. Like, I don't think that this is. Oh God, he's thirty years old now, and he's he's a player that's predicated on his athleticism, so he's going to start declining in in terms of his play. He, he's going to get back to the level of player that we know him to be, but. It's just going to take some time, but thankfully for the Thunder, I mean, they're 17 and 10 now. They won a bunch of these games and gave themselves a margin of error. If this was last year and the Thunder were playing like this, the Thunder might not make the playoffs. No, but, you- but they've won all these games against all these bad teams this year that they've afforded themselves a little bit of breathing room. But, you know, we, we still don't know the status of Andre Robertson, like when he's going to come back, maybe next month or the, the month after. And when he does, what type of player is he? And what will that do to the rotations that Billy Donovan's been throwing out there? What's that going to do to the defense and especially the offense? But there's still a lot of questions with this team. Um, but again, the the constant is the defense. And if you can hang your hat on that if you're a Thunder fan. But at some point, this team needs to figure out how to score from the free throw line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they can ugly up wins all year um, with defense. Uh, probably just not as many wins as they deserve. And to your point, I mean, the bench playing poorly. They've been playing poorly for a while. But benches generally don't play well on the road. You don't really rely on your bench in a road game. Uh, Russell Westbrook, whatever's going on with him, is obviously the biggest problem for this team right now. That's the issue that needs to get addressed. And whatever that looks like, I'm not sure. But, I mean, it's going to have to be fixed. You know, 5 of 15 for Russell for 13 points. He And Matt and Aaron were talking about this a few nights ago on the postgame show. His last good game, probably August 30th against Atlanta. Probably. That's a half a month ago for a guy who won an MVP a couple years. You, you just can't have droughts like that as a superstar where you're just ineffective. And almost... Almost more of a negative than a positive in a lot of times. I mean, he's just he's just not helpful for this team right now. He's just got to find his groove and whatever that looks like, and find a way to get back to being the Russell Westbrook that we even saw down the stretch last year. Uh, I mean, he came out to a slow start last season, but nothing like this. Uh, this is something that's really kind of progressed here recently. I mean, you go back to that Utah game a few nights ago where the Thunder just ran the Jazz out off the floor. Russell Westbrook was terrible, terrible. from shoot like in terms of just shooting the basketball, and he was. 
he was he was as frustrated as you've ever seen Russell Westbrook be in a win against a good team that they probably wanted to beat the, the crap out of, considering the Jazz embarrassed them in the postseason last year. He had 12 points, what, 10 assists, 11 rebounds. He had a triple-double that game. New Orleans, he finishes with 20 points, but for the longest stretch, he only had about, he was hovering around 10, 9, 10, 11 points throughout most of the game and scored a few buckets at the end and got him back up um, in, in scoring. And then tonight, 13 points. It's just... It's just a different guy, yeah. but again, I th- I think I think it's he's it's coming. I think it's coming. So y- there's no really huge need to panic. I don't want to see any of these silly trade Russ tweets in my mentions like I've been seeing for the last few days. Those are incredibly silly. Don't don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. Um, <laughs> don't waste my time. Value my time. Don't value my time. Russell my time is valuable. It, your time is valuable. Everybody's time is valuable. Actually, I get paid by the hour. Please waste my time while I'm here. <laughs> Please. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. Real quick, uh, shout out to um, family and friends listening in Tulsa and Crandall, Texas right Look, now. Crandall, Texas? My family's down in Crandall right now. So I shout out to you guys. Is. Cradle, Texas? Is that what you Crand- it's like 20, oh, 30 minutes outside of Dallas. Well, there's... A lot of directions. And if uh, my good friend Ben Noble on Twitter downloaded the franchise app like we told him to, and you so diligently gave him the link to it, yeah. shout out to you if you're listening. Yeah, shout out to uh, Ben Noble. If Everybody not, should be listening. Reverse shout out to Ben Noble if he's not listening. Yeah, like, yeah. Screw that guy. Get out of here. Stat Cat. Let's do that. What's new, Pussycat? Good luck with this one, Brady. <laughs> I'm usually clutch, but yeah. I mean, we were trying to figure it out in the break. And I think I have one. Well, go ahead if you think you got it. I think I got a good. I think I got a decent one. It's hard to pick a really positive stat for the Thunder in a lot of ways. They forced 20 turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Like they forced Denver into a lot of bad situations in some really, really ugly four or five minute stretches the Nuggets had tonight. And I, yeah, I think that's positive. And a lot of that's the turnover. So. Forcing 20 turnovers against a top five offensive team, power to you. It's a yeah. great, great defensive effort. There. If, if the Nuggets are playing the Rockets tonight and they shot exactly like they did, in the, like if, if the game went exactly the same in the first part in the first part of the game for the Nuggets, the Nuggets win this game by about 25 points. Yeah, because we we, kept, we said this like three or four times during the game. If not for the Thunder's defense forcing turnovers, the and the Nuggets just kind of missing some open open looks randomly. The, the Thunder get run, but their defense kept them in, and up until about I tweeted it, I need to stop tweeting things for Thunder fans because <laughs> it seems like every time I point something out, the opposite happens. But um, it one like midway through the third quarter, the Thunder only had um, eight fouls as a team overall, and they only had, I believe, uh, nine or ten turnovers to the Nuggets' 14 fouls and 15 turnovers. And that was what was keeping the Thunder, you know, pretty much down nine eight seven points uh, the entire game and gave them a chance to possibly go on a run but i mean sadly for them every time they would get those those turnovers or get those possessions where the nuggets were would just miss shots they just could not get over the hump yeah and it was further exemplified by that sequence we went over about uh terrence ferguson missing those two free throw shots on the clear path foul and then paul george missing the shots on the ensuing possession it was just it was just that night. It was kind of similar to New Orleans where the Thunder just couldn't get over that hump as well. But, I mean, you just need to look for better performances out of, your first of all, your leader, Russell Westbrook. You need to get something out of Jeremy Grant and Terrence Ferguson. 
other than scoring because Grant had a good scoring night, but he didn't rebound. Paul George didn't rebound. Terrence Ferguson didn't rebound. And the defense wasn't there on the perimeter throughout the first half, got cleaned up a little bit after the second half. You know, and the sad thing is, is they are now 0 2 against Denver. This is probably a team that they will probably be vying for playoff seating. And now the tiebreaker is already out of whack for them. And they've still got Portland's to worry about, who's one of the better teams out West. They still have um, Minnesota, who's weird. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't. They don't got Jimmy buckets anymore. And they're hot. They've been hot for a few weeks since they haven't got Jimmy buckets. And at some point, the Jazz are going to start playing like the Jazz. And Houston will too. Yikes! The West is the West is tough. Yeah, that's always been my complaint when people say, you know, the Thunder have played a really cupcake schedule. That's true. But there's a little context there. They played Utah a couple times when their schedule is worse than it's going to end up being. They played the Rockets once when it was worse than it's going to end up being. There's some teams they played that are better teams than what their record says, so some of that's a little out of whack. Of course. Context. Any final thoughts, Mr. Holland? Well, first of all, how how can one follow you on the Twitter machine? At Twitter machine uh, is at Chisholm Holland, which is C-H-I-S-H-O-L-M, the second H. I actually like that my name is really hard to spell and I'm hard to find on Twitter because then when people are like, you only have 640 followers, I'm like, yeah, my name's hard to spell. No one can find me. No one's going to find some unfortunate tweets when you were 14, right? No. <laughs> if I can have an honest moment, I uh, have only had my Twitter since I was a sophomore in college, but I, uh, like, every week just randomly, like, type in my Twitter handle and, like, every offensive thing I can think of, just to quadruple check that I don't have any skeletons, any closets of tweets I'm mentioned in. Mm-hmm. I don't want any of that. How, how old are you, Chisholm? 25. 25? I'm 28. I'm just going to say I'm very happy that Twitter wasn't around when I was 14. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Um, yes, the Thunder lose to the Denver Rockies, B- Broncos, the <laughs> the Chicken Nuggets, whatever they're called. The Thunder lose 109 to 98. They are 17 and 10 on the year. They're going to be fourth or fifth or third or maybe even first for some reason in the Western Conference because of some percentage point. I don't understand math. I'm not here to do math. It's it's already it's already Saturday, and I've got to wake up and do a show in the morning. It is Saturday. Yeah, and I also have to do a show. Oh, really? What are you doing? I'm doing the OU football game, the OU basketball game, and then uh, pre and post tomorrow. The oh, yeah. OU's rocking those all-black Jordan jerseys tomorrow in Tulsa against USC. They are. They're, they're kind of cool. They're sweet. Yes. Uh, everybody tune in to the Basketball Insider Show tomorrow from 10 to noon. And then the producer show. Or is, is there? I guess there's no producer show. Yeah, there is. Oh, yeah. 12 to 2. Just listen to the franchise tomorrow all day. Um, and then also, please subscribe to the OKC82 podcast. I'm about to go record that as well. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. And of course, Matt Ravis, Aaron Davis, Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison Morris, the Thunder franchise syndicate. We all do a kick ass job, I must say. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I must say. Best coverage in the state. I do declare. I do declare. Yes. You want me to put the Cajun music back on? Oh, yeah, put it on. Put it back on. Oh, yeah. Screw it. <laughs> Yes, the Thunder drop one, 109-98, 17-10 on the year, 0-2 against the Denver Nuggets. They take on the L.A. Clippers tomorrow night, or tonight, actually, I should say, in Oklahoma City. So everybody get ready and get excited for that. The Thunder are going to be playing basketball again. The sun will rise, I promise. Um, yeah, we'll be there. I'll be there. So just follow us, listen, tune in, read us on thefranchiseok.com, and we'll all have a good time. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. For Mr. Chisholm Holland, I am Brady Trantham. Everybody be safe. Have a good night.